In the name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful, I bear witness that there is no God but Allah, and I bear witness that Muhammad is his messenger. I greet my brothers and sisters and all of those who are tuned in from all over the world in the greeting words of peace. We say it in our original tongue of Arabic, the language of our ancestors. Assalamu alaikum. And that means peace be unto you. Brothers and sisters, it is our honor to share with you the life-giving teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad as taught and demonstrated by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. To all of the members of the Nation of Islam, we pray that you have made it through our national fast this weekend. We are now coming down the home stretch. And by the time we complete today's service, we will have just a couple of hours left. So let's stay strong, stand firm, and master the urges of our body. In the Holy Quran, chapter 2, verse 183, it says, O you who believe, fasting is prescribed for you as it was prescribed for those before you so that you may guard against evil. Fasting is one of the pillars of our faith in Islam. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan teaches us that every prophet from every age has brought fasting to the people to reform the conduct of the people. And this is why the Quran calls it a prescription because it is a medicine to heal our sick condition by the greatest of doctors, which is Almighty God, Allah. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that fasting strengthens discipline. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan further supported that statement, and he said this, quote, whenever the human being lacks discipline, the society reflects that lack of discipline in the manifestation of excesses. Excessive eating, excessive drinking, excessive sex, the lust for material things, the greed for power, the overpowering of our intelligence by anger and envy. All of these excesses break the spirit of brotherhood and destroy human society. So if we look around at our community, brothers and sisters, we see violence through the roof. On every corner, we see big guts and obesity. Everyone racing to get the next big thing and chasing after material desires. We are all in need of more discipline, so fasting is one of those exercises that we can go after to learn how to master the urges of our body. And this is what Jesus came to help the human family with. He came to equip us with what we need to overcome the weaker side of ourselves and put Satan and his temptations under our control. So this monthly national three-day fast that we practice, it is a blessing and a mercy from Allah. And we pray that even those of you who may not consider yourselves Muslim, that you give it a try and at any point throughout the month, just go a day without food and just see how the body feels. Brothers and sisters, please welcome our next presenter this morning, another ministry in the uh, student ministry class here in Chicago. Did I say that right? Another student in the ministry class here in Chicago, Brother Tariq Muhammad. Assalamu alaikum. In the name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful, I bear witness that there is no God but Allah, and I bear witness that Muhammad is his messenger. I greet you all with the greeting words of peace in paradise. We say them in the Arabic language of assalamu alaikum. I want to first thank, and I always make it my duty to thank the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and his national assistant, Student Minister Ishmael Muhammad, for allowing me the privilege to share words from the teachings of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad. The Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad is the eternal leader of the Nation of Islam. And the Honorable Elijah Muhammad covers and teaches on every segment of life. And what makes him so extraordinary as a teacher is that he was taught by his teacher, Master Fat Muhammad, to go to the root of a thing. 
He went to the root on subjects you cannot find being taught on anywhere else on this planet. And one of the most important subjects he taught on was the knowledge of self. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said that the knowledge of self is akin to or is the same as the knowledge of God. For when you know self, you know God. And when you know God, you know self. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that my people must be taught the knowledge of self. Then and only then will they be able to understand others and that which surrounds them. He says, look at this very closely. He says, anyone who doesn't have the knowledge of self is considered a, uh, is considered a victim of either amnesia or unconsciousness. Did you hear that? The lack of knowledge of self, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad continues, is a prevailing condition among my people here in America. Knowledge of self makes you take on the great virtue of learning. And then he goes on to say that we must instill in our people the desire to learn and then use that learning for self. This is a very profound statement to me because as I grew up, I grew up in the public schools and I didn't really like school like that for most of my life, me as well as my other contemporaries, specifically speaking, other black men, we, our favorite subject in school was gym. It wasn't science, it wasn't physics, it wasn't mathematics. We looked down on quote unquote, the smarter children and we associated terms such as nerd, geek, or we called them lame. And uh, it was cool to, or quote unquote, cool to not be smart in school. How crazy does that sound? It was quote unquote cool for a lack of a better term to be the class clown or to be acrimonious in our behavior in school. This is how our children were brought up. This is how our children are continuously being brought up in school, but why? When you ask the question why, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan teaches us, you get into the reason, the motive, the very root or the purpose or the cause of a thing. So what is the reason or why are our children in education not being, uh, why are we losing the desire for the great virtue of learning? Our people, as we are taught, have been slaves or for the last 400 years as being slaves here in America, we were deprived of the knowledge of self by our former slave masters and their children. And as a result, it extinguished in us the very light in our being for the uh, desire to want to learn. It's not that we don't want to learn, but when you don't see yourself in the education and when you're not being connected to the subject in which you are learning, it extracts from you the very desire to want to learn. So just so we're clear, to deprive a person of the knowledge of themselves is a crime against humanity. And whoever would do that is an outright enemy. And until this day, we still allow our children with that knowledge, we still allow our children to be educated by our former slave masters and their children, thinking they have our best interests. But the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said that if a man won't teach you or treat you right, then he certainly won't teach you right. Contrastingly, or on the other side of that same spectrum, one side of the spectrum is a man who has deprived us of the knowledge of self, and he is an outright enemy. But on the other side of that spectrum, we have a man who was raised up by God to teach us the knowledge of ourselves and to instill with us back again that great virtue of learning. So anyone, all praise is due to a lot. Anyone who would do that is the greatest friend that we can ever have. 
So there's a song our Christian family sings in the church. It says, what a friend we have in Jesus. So we are thankful to Allah God for all that he has done and all that he is doing for us through the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, for they have been the greatest friends that we can ever have. So we thank Allah God for coming to us in person. God came offering an abundance of life, light and power, and he promised to grow us into a new growth. For the scripture says that we don't know what we will be like, but we know we will be like him. So to know we have a friend like that in person who is alive, who is present, who is in real time today, 4K HD, we know that we need to know or learn all about such a friend. So we're excited to hear from our keynote presenter, student minister Ishmael Muhammad, on this very important and beautiful key subject, the extraordinary man, Jesus. Thank you for these few moments as I greet you in peace. Assalamu alaikum and please help me welcome student minister Abel Muhammad. Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim En el nombre de Allah el benefico, el misericordioso. In the name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful. I bear witness there is no God but Allah, and I bear witness that Muhammad is his messenger. We greet you this morning, brothers and sisters, in the greeting words of peace, which we say in the Arabic language. Assalamu alaikum. Those words mean peace be unto you. And this morning, I want to start by just thanking Allah for the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. We thank him for them, for without them, we would not be here. So we thank them for this great honor and privilege of standing before you as we await to hear from our keynote speaker this morning, student minister Ishmael Muhammad. And I wanted to raise words found in an article that was published earlier this year by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, in which he states, quote, there is so much in America that is not only against the black and the brown and the people of color, but there's so much in America that is adverse to what is in the best interest of the American people. Once we are saddled with fear over consequences of speaking the truth, then the lie can continue to be told and the lie can continue to deceive the many. In the book of Revelations, in the 12th chapter, in the ninth verse, the scripture teaches that Satan deceived the whole world. Brothers and sisters, if the whole world is deceived, in what way are we deceived? To deceive means, according to the dictionary, to cause to accept as true or valid what is false or invalid. To persuade someone that something false is the truth or to keep the truth hidden from someone for your own advantage. Satan has caused the whole world to accept as truth that which is false. Satan has kept the truth for his own advantage and to the detriment of the masses. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan has taught us that this is because the people did not know Satan and they didn't have a correct knowledge of God. For the re revelation of one is the revelation of the other, as the Honorable Elijah Muhammad has taught us. How deceived are we today that in spite of factual and scientific evidence, 
today there are still people propagating lies. Lies that a mammal, a rabbit, lays eggs. False deception. And not just any old egg, but then they give us colored eggs to look at. They further deceive us into thinking that this in some way has something to do with this beautiful human being named Jesus in the scripture. In spite of what we know and have evidence in mathematics and the world of science and what we know as truth and reality, they have us no longer able to add and subtract in basic ways anymore. This most precious human being, they tell us, died or was on the cross and laid to rest on a Friday. And they say he rose three days later, but then they tell us to celebrate it only two days later. Deceived, under deception, in spite of knowing mathematics and what is real, we follow these ways and these norms because Satan has interfered with the natural orders of things. Many of us profess a belief in God and claim to even know God. There are churches, mosques, temples, and people who call themselves reverends and imams and sheikhs and rabbis and even who wear titles such as prophets and seers. Yet when you look at the condition of the world and you look at the condition of the planet, what is the condition of human beings? Do we have justice? Are we treated equitably? Are we free? Why is there so much strife, so much fighting, so much dissatisfaction? So many claim to know God, yet it appears too many are powerless to affect a meaningful change in the lives of the masses of human beings. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad says on page three of Message to the Black Man in America, that the teaching of a mystery God enslaves the minds of the ignorant. Ignorant means lacking knowledge or awareness. It means not having enough knowledge, understanding, or information about something. Brothers and sisters, we didn't arrive at this condition by accident. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan have taught us that we were made blind, made deaf, made dumb by being robbed of the knowledge of God and the knowledge of ourselves and the knowledge of the enemy of God and self. Through this deception, Satan has dominated, controlled, and enslaved the inhabitants of the earth. He has hidden the truth, lied, and misled so many about this key human being in the scripture under the title, Jesus, the promised Messiah. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan says that we are deceived about the man that would come at the end of the world to end Satan's power, to end his dominance over the people of the earth, to begin the destruction of Satan's rule. And as it's written in the eighth chapter of John, we will know the truth and the truth shall set us free. Brothers and sisters, it is time to be made free. It is time to know the truth that we may be saved from the fall of this world, that we may be free from the grip of Satan, that the black man, the Mexican, the Puerto Rican, the indigenous, and the original people may know the truth and act in accord with the truth. This morning to present our keynote speaker, please welcome back to the rostrum, student minister Daniel Muhammad. All praise is due to Allah. Assalamu alaikum again.
Today is the day that many people around the world are commemorating and honoring this beautiful man by the name of Jesus. The best way that we can celebrate him is to learn more about him and his reality and shed ourselves of the lies and falsehood that have been taught about him by his enemies. If Jesus is the key, as the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan teaches us, and he is the one who will set the world free, then it only makes sense that the enemies of Jesus would deceive the people about him so that when he comes, he would be among us, but we wouldn't recognize who he is. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, if we knew the history of Jesus, the truth of him, we would awaken at once. Also in the New Testament, in the book of John, as Brother Abel just mentioned, it says, ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Well, if we are not yet in a free condition, then evidently we need to become better acquainted with the truth. So this morning, to acquaint us with the knowledge of who Jesus is and what he really taught, please welcome the National Assistant to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, Student Minister Ishmael Muhammad, as he takes on the subject, this extraordinary man, Jesus. Please welcome him with a round of applause. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you. In the name of the one God, to whom all praise is due, the Lord of all the worlds, the beneficent, the merciful, we thank Allah for his mercy. We thank him for his goodness. We thank him for his prophets and messengers that he has raised from the human family to lead, to teach, to guide. We could never thank him enough for his mercy, thanking him for Abraham, Moses, Jesus, Muhammad. As a student and follower of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, I could never thank Allah enough for his merciful intervention in our affairs in the person of Master Fard Muhammad and for his raising from black people in America, his messenger Messiah, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. I thank him each and every day for his coming, for his presence, for the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and for the man who is in our midst today, who's made it possible for me to strengthen my faith, made it possible for me to have purpose in my life. This one man, this extraordinary man, this great divine servant of Allah has done the impossible. He has done what no other student or leader has done before in the absence of the first leader that's on scene. 
where black people's history is concerned, no group or organization has ever come back to regain its former glory, effectiveness, and attractiveness after the destruction at the hands of the United States government. But the nation of Islam has survived. The nation of Islam is present. And that should tell all who follow the nation of Islam that there is a mighty, mighty power that backs, guides, and is the foundation of the nation of Islam. What the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan did in raising the foundation of the nation of Islam and the effort of the United States government to write the Honorable Elijah Muhammad out of history. But this one man's faith, this one man's love, this one man's courage has brought the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and his teaching to the entire world. I thank Allah for the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. I greet all of you, our dear viewers, listeners, those who are blessed to be present here at Mosque Mariam, observing our social distancing. We greet you all with the greeting words of peace. Assalamu alaikum. We have taken for our subject today the extraordinary man, Jesus. This subject is inspired by our talk over the last two weeks on the reality of God, God in person. I did not realize until Thursday or Friday that today is Easter, celebrated by Christians as the day of the resurrection of Jesus and his ascension to be with God. So we are happy to talk about Jesus. Happy to share with you what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us about the most important man of scripture. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, if black people really understood the truth about Jesus, we would be free overnight. Not only would blacks be free overnight, but the whole of humanity 
Because Jesus, the Christ, Jesus, the Messiah, is a universal man with a universal mission to every tongue and kindred that lives on the planet. The understanding and acceptance of the truth of Jesus frees the human being from the power of Satan. And Satan knows that. So he has to deceive the people of this one man, Jesus. Jesus, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said in a lecture in 2001 under the title, The Four Jesuses, which we will be drawing from that monumental message today. He said, quote, Jesus is so important. I mean, the real truth of him is so important because the power and truth that Allah would give him to end Satan's rule. It is natural then that Satan would work very hard to deceive the masses of the people with respect to Jesus because to tell the truth of Jesus would end Satan's power to rule. He further said, now you have to understand that Satan is trying to preserve his power and his power is in his ability to deceive. And the greatest deceit is to deceive you about the man you expect to be your savior. In another monumental message from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan in that same year, 2001, under the title, This Man, Jesus. He said, quote, the true teaching of Jesus is what you want. It's what I want. The true teaching of Jesus Christ is what the whole world needs. But if Satan is going to deceive us, he's got to deceive us about the most important person. And the most important person is God and Jesus, because Jesus is the one that ends the power of Satan. Who is this fella, Satan? He's the Antichrist. He is the ruler of a period of time that God gave to him to exercise his rule and contrary life to the way and will of God. He's called the anti-Christ. Anti meaning against, opposed to, in opposition to this one man, Jesus, who is the Christ, anointed with the power to crush the wicked and end Satan's 
world. Satan has to attack the man of truth, the bearer of truth, and the truth that he speaks because out of his mouth comes a knowledge and a truth that causes the people that are in Satan's grasp, in his grip, to fall away. Now Christians are looking for the return of Jesus, but they're looking for the Jesus of 2,000 years ago and believe that Jesus has been waiting until a particular time to come and judge the world. Are you sure? Did Jesus say that he would do that? Or did someone say it of him? It is believed that Jesus died for our sins. Now, if a man dies for your sins, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan raised the question, then why is there a judgment? If he died for your and my sins, then I don't have to pay because my debt has been paid for. So what's all this talk about punishment of hell if he died for me? We do not know, the minister said, quote, of any righteous man that God lets die for wicked people and then after he dies, he takes back his life. They used to say that if you give somebody something and take it back, you were not such a good person because you didn't mean for him to have it in the first place. Now, God is the life giver. And he is the ultimate cause of death. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. He, the God, has the right to take the life he gives, but it is always for a purpose, always for a greater good. We are not under a vain God, a selfish God, a self-serving God. There is nothing we can do to make him God. He's already God. And everything in creation bears witness to him. We are because he is. Look, look. He's so wonderful. Yes, he is. He created the universe. He made this planet and produced an atmosphere for us to live here. And this is a big planet, not as big as some of the other ones out there. But if God were vain or something vain, self-serving, why would God need this space all for himself? 196,940,000 square miles of land and water just for God? Why so many fish, so many birds, so many animals? It's not for him, it's for us. The Holy Quran tells us that Allah 
is above need of his creatures. He's the self-subsisting one. Everything that God does is for our benefit, our good. And that's why he's called the beneficent, the doer of good. He's so generous. So the Quran raises the question to human beings, which one of the bounties of your Lord can you deny? His mercy, his grace, he provides for all of his creatures and for man, but surely man is ungrateful. Now, this is Easter. They say Jesus died on Friday. And they call it Good Friday. What could be so good about a man who gave everything he had to make us better, to make us good? And then his father delivered him in the hands of the enemy to be beaten, tortured, humiliated, and die a violent death. The minister gave this to why it's called Good Friday. He came to the conclusion that the good in it was that his death and not his birth or ministry meant the beginning of the religion or the faith and his death meant salvation for those for whom they say he died. The extraordinary man Jesus that gives everything for the cause and the will of God. He has to suffer the ridicule, suffer the people mocking him. He has to suffer being evil, spoken of, lied on. And then the plots and the plan to kill him. That's why there is an unpardonable sin. And because of this extraordinary man, Jesus, the unpardonable sin is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. And when the wicked work to kill a man that is present to give salvation to all, then Almighty God Allah from both the Bible and the Quran promised to punish the people with a chastisement that he has never visited the people before. That's how serious, that's how dear this man Jesus is with God. Now if a man or a woman dies for us, the minister said, that's all right, we understand that. Sometimes a mother gives her life to bring a child into the world. A mother may die saving her child 
or a fireman saving a life from a fire, but the mother don't come back. The fireman that dies saving a life don't come back. They don't come back a few days later claiming to have died for the child or that person, but are still alive. Our nature, brothers and sisters, just doesn't reason with such teaching. No one that has ever died has returned to the living to tell us they are alive. Come on, let's, let's reason for just a moment. Nobody who ever lived and died has come back from physical death to tell us that they are alive in another plane. So how did we come to believe in such? Now this talk about resurrection is in both the Bible and Holy Quran, but the true meaning and interpretation has to be understood. Resurrection means to be brought back, and it is understood as the rising again of all the human dead before the final judgment. Is it talking about all of the people that have been buried in the earth? That at the time of the resurrection, the graves are going to open? All of the people that have been buried and there's nothing but bones, all of a sudden their flesh is going to come back and they're going to be alive again? There's 7.5 billion people on the earth. And the earth has been here for a very long time. 66 trillion years in its present orbit. How many people do you think have been born and died in 66 trillion years? So if everyone who has died in 66 trillion years were to come back, there wouldn't be enough room on the planet to accommodate them. After all, there's only 57,255,000 square miles of land and we can't live in the water. So what's the point of procreation if we're going to live forever? So this resurrection talk can't be talking about the physical. But there is a death that the scriptures is speaking to that we are to be brought back from that has caused man to die morally, spiritually, mentally. The death that has caused man to become arrested in his development. That death is what the scriptures call sin. Transgression of divine law and orders from God. Disobedience and rebellion to God is death. So transgression and sin have short-circuited us. Sin and transgression and rebellion have separated us from God and have separated us from the God within the human being. Now this resurrection is tied 
to a man. And the man, the scriptures tell us, rose from the dead is Jesus, the first begotten of the dead and the first of them that slept. We're not looking for a spirit because this, a spirit didn't put the world in the condition that the world is in. Sin just didn't pop out out of the sky and come down from space. The scripture says, by one man, sin entered the world and death by sin. So a man brought in rebellion to God, likewise by one man, one man's obedience, one man's righteousness, all will be made righteous. This extraordinary man, Jesus, he defeats death and claims the victory over death. He's such an extraordinary human being, the likes of which has never been. So when you use the term extraordinary as an adjective to describe a thing, that prefix extra means outside or beyond. Attached to ordinary means the man is beyond ordinary. He's an exceptional, phenomenal, amazing human being. In his person, he takes human beings beyond the ordinary, beyond the regular, the mundane, and takes us where we could only imagine and dream of being. Through him, by God's grace and mercy, we are able to realize our dreams, realize our potential. And through this extraordinary man, Jesus, we are set free, truly free. Jesus is the reconciler. He reconciles man with God, bringing about an accord, a harmony, and a oneness with God. And when the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said, quote, you are in accord with God, in harmony with God, one with God, that's life. So the scripture says to know God and his son, Jesus Christ, is to have life. Mm. Now that's Power. That's the source of goodness and wisdom and strength. And you're free. This is why Jesus is so important to Muslims. He's important to Christians, to Jews, to the whole of humanity. Because all of humanity has been touched by the blinding touch of Satan. And Satan, according to the Bible has deceived the whole world. Jesus in his person is the manifestation of God. When you have Jesus, you have God. 
in the person, Jesus, is the reality of God. So Christians refer to Jesus as God incarnate, God in human form. The scripture says, ye are all God's children of the most high God. With that, well, if I'm made in the image and the likeness of God, and I have the potential to be God, then at some point, God has to be introduced to me as the example for my life, as the role model for my life, that I may know how to realize my potential. The extraordinary man, Jesus. Look at this. He's not too high that he can't be reached. He's not so far away that he's not attainable. And that's what makes him so attractive, so special, so wonderful, because he's a human being just like you and me. But he grows by his faith and love in Allah through his perfect obedience to the will of God. He attains the goal of oneness with Allah. So when you see Jesus, you see God. For he and God are one. He shares his struggles. He shares his journey with fellow travelers because he has overcome and gone through the vicissitudes of life that no matter where you are, he says, where I am, you can be also. All praise is due to Allah. So, so beautiful. See, in his person, he's a human being. But in his person is realized the divinity of the human being. I mean a real human being. Well, I thought I was human. I'm sorry. I know we think we are human, but we're more animal than human. We, we, we're just in the first stage of development. And Satan has arrested us at the primitive base level. So we never tap into what is really up underneath the flesh, the bones. This is nothing but a vessel and a container of an energy and a spirit that is so much greater than the flesh, the bone, and the blood. So we are not trying to offend anyone by saying we're not human. That's beneath the dignity of these teachings and the love of God. But we have to look at our behavior, brothers and sisters. We are worse than the animals. Humans have fallen so low to the level that is beneath the level animal existence. Animals kill to eat, 
to survive. And when their bellies are satisfied, you don't see the lion or the tiger just killing to kill. You don't see them organizing conflicts and wars. Come on. You don't see animals not caring for their young. You don't see animals abusing their females and young. But look at the human family. Violence and bloodshed on our planet. Conflict and war is the order of the day. Gross neglect, abuse, mistreatment of women and children, rape, sex trafficking, exploitation, stealing, theft, robberies, lying, deception, injustice, immorality, corruption, crookedness, wickedness is the order of the day. But Jesus came to end a world like this and to destroy Satan and all his works. He was sent as a light into the world. Mm. If a light has to come, evidently the people are in darkness. So the scripture says, the people walked in darkness, gross darkness, the people. But this man is a light to give sight to the blind. This man is a light to guide us out of the darkness. Mm. So if we look at the earth, the minister said in this same lecture, the four Jesuses. In winter, the earth is frozen, and this is the way humanity is. You're frozen in your state of development. That's why we're so frustrated. That's why we're so dissatisfied. That's why we're so unfulfilled, because you're frozen. I'm frozen. Humanity frozen. And the minister said, quote, you're not what you could be, not what you should be, and not what in your dreams you know you can be. And that's what Satan's world is all about. It's about freezing human potential where a few of us get through and express our potential and others are frozen. All they can do is look at others, get some measure of greatness and envy and hate them for their greatness. But the greatness that you see in anybody is sitting right up inside you. But Satan's world got your greatness frozen. And this is why Jesus is so important, the real knowledge of Jesus. Because when you know Jesus, he's a key to open and free the human potential. And once the human potential is free, Satan can't rule anymore. So Satan has to cover Jesus up. He's got to lie about Jesus deceive you about Jesus. So you will have his name, the minister said, quote, 
but you will never have the power that goes along with that name. And I'm saying this to my Christian family. You have the name, beloved, but you don't have the power that goes with that name. If you had the power that goes with the name Jesus, you would be free. You wouldn't talk about oppression. You wouldn't talk about injustice. You wouldn't be talking about racial profiling. You wouldn't be talking about the things that we naturally talk about because we don't really have the power to stop it. But if you knew Jesus, I mean really knew him, what is wrapped up in that name, if you understood it, would give each believer the power to overturn the world of Satan, starting with ourselves, in our homes, in our communities, in government. We'd have Satan on the run if you really understood. So now we have to see what is it that we don't understand. Now, this Jesus is the resurrector of the human family from spiritual death. This is what makes him so important. Because all of us are under the death of Satan, the curse of the fall of Adam. This man, Jesus, the minister said, he resurrects human beings from a state of spiritual death. And that's a great function. He breaks down the wall that has separated man from God and reconciles man to God. So he's a redeemer. He's a reconciler. He's a savior. A redeemer in that he pays a price to free the people from the grip of Satan. Anything that you want, brothers and sisters, in this life, there's a price for it. The greater the thing that you want, the bigger the price. You want a toy? There's a price for the toy. You want some shoes? You want some clothing? There's a price that has to be paid. You want to be a servant in government? The price is bigger. You want a house? bigger an automobile bigger you want to be free the price if you're not willing to pay the price then continue where you are but there is a price that we have to pay so this man Jesus he comes to free humanity but he also comes to pay a price but it doesn't mean you don't have to pay a price. See, if you're a Christian, don't think that Jesus pays the price for our redemption and we don't have anything to do now but just ride on his coattail. No, 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 no. That's not the way it goes. He pays the price. And if you and I choose to follow him, you and I have to pay a price. Why did the Jesus say, whoever 
would come to follow me, they must what? First, deny themselves and pick up their own cross. There's nobody who follows Jesus, really follows Jesus, who doesn't have a price to pay. You're going to be evil spoken of. You're going to be lied on. You may be brought into court falsely. You may be sent to prison falsely. You may even be put to death just to follow Jesus because Satan doesn't want Jesus to have any real followers. So the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said, so you that are in the church, that doesn't mean you're a follower. That means you're a believer. Those of you that are in the mosque, that doesn't mean you're a follower. No, you're no follower. You can just say, I believe in what the man is saying is right. But if you're going to follow him, then you've got to pay a price. This extraordinary man, Jesus, is a savior because in what he brings to those who believe and follow him, it is to save you from the destructive fall of Satan and his world. Now you may not want to believe it, but this world is going down. It's going down. You may not want to recognize it, but this world is going down. It's unraveling before our very eyes. And the sad part about it is the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, the worst is yet to come. The sad part about it is, as we see signs, circumstances, and events that are building up to this ugly prophecy where there would be blood running in the streets of America soon and very soon. The whole world of Satan is coming down. But if you don't know Jesus, if you don't have the knowledge of how to save yourself from the fall of America and the fall of the white man's world, and the fall of this world. We got to know who is the Savior. Who among us is the way out? There's a big problem in understanding Jesus. And that problem is that we keep looking at Jesus in the scripture past tense and not looking at Jesus present tense. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us that 75% of the book is prophecy and 25% is actual recorded history. And what the enemy did was take the 75% that is prophecy. He made that recorded history and took the 25% that is actual history, he made that prophecy. So we're always reading the scripture in yesterday, in the past. It's written in advance. 
for this generation and the time period that we have entered. Now, there was a wonderful man among us 2,000 years ago. His name was Jesus, a wonderful servant of Allah, a beautiful human being whose name would live for 2,000 years. Mm. In this lecture, and I hope you will access it and get it, the four Jesuses. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan introduced us to the knowledge of five entities. This is the critical part, so pay close attention. That are under the name Jesus. And why the name Jesus is so important. Inshallah, we'll, we'll get through this quickly, but not doing a disservice to the truth that Allah has revealed through the Messiah. Now, we know that there is much meaning and value in a name. And the Honorable Elijah Muhammad encouraged us, urged us as a people to come out of the names of the slave master that forever tie you and identify with, uh, uh, with the enemy as his property. We know that a name serves to identify a person, an individual. But a name gives us the nature and function of something or someone. So the name Jesus is the English from the Hebrew or Aramaic Yeshua, Joshua, comes into the English Jesus. In Arabic, it's Isa, but Isa, Yeshua, Jesus, mean God is salvation. <clears throat> God's plan of salvation is under the name Jesus. God working out the salvation of the people is under the name Jesus. So the Bible says, Habakkuk, thou winnest forth for the salvation of thy people. Now, to show you that we are not looking for the Jesus of 2,000 years ago to return, look at what he said. Book of John, 16th chapter, 16th verse. I go to my Father, and you shall see me no more. That's Jesus of 2,000 years. You're not going to see me no more. Then in the book of John, in that same chapter, he says, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter cannot come unto you. But if I go away, I will send him unto you 
and he, he, not me, he, shall come in my name. Oh. Esau or Jesus was that man's proper name. But the name Jesus, meaning God, is salvation. The one coming after Jesus. He is God under the name Jesus because he brings salvation to the whole of humanity. All praise is due to Allah. In that same chapter, John 16, he said, there's so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. But when he, the spirit of truth, he, he didn't say when the spirit of truth comes, when he, who has the indwelling spirit of God and truth, when he comes, not when I come again. Another man that Jesus is prophesying of, that he prefigured, that he was the prototype of. When he, the spirit of truth, comes, what is he going to do, Jesus, of 2,000 years ago? He's going to guide you into all all the truth. He's not going to leave nothing out. He's going to say it all. He's going to wrap it up. The mystery of God in his person will be finished. Satan will end. All the misunderstandings, all the misinterpretations of the word of God He's going to clarify them. He's going to give understanding. He's going to have the power of discernment. He's going to be a criterion. He is going to be a standard that God is going to use to measure the wicked and the whole of humanity by the way they respond to the Messiah. Mm. What enables him to guide the people into all the truth? Jesus of 2,000 years ago said, you will know the truth. See? There are many things that I could tell you, but you can't bear it now. Why, Jesus, of 2,000 years ago? Because it's not the season. It's not the time for the presence and the reality of God. Mm. But don't worry. There's one coming after me. And he will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you of what is yet to come. Ah, 
The disciple Paul, speaking of Jesus, he saw him as a man born out of due season. So the minister said, if you go to your dictionary and look up the word due, it means whatever is due is immediately owing, having reached the date for payment. We're familiar with that, right? With the gas bill, utility bills, and car note and all that. Payment is due. It's due immediately or by such and such date. But it also means expected to be ready to be present or arrive. If Jesus was a man born out of due season, what was Jesus preaching? He was preaching the kingdom of God 2,000 years ago. But the kingdom has not arrived yet. So Jesus was a man preaching the kingdom out of the scheduled time of its arrival. So Paul saw Jesus as a man born out of the due season of the establishment of the kingdom. Not only did Paul see him as a man born out of due season, but Satan, Satan knew that he had more time to rule. So in the confrontation of Jesus and the devil, the devil protests. Says, wait a minute, fella. Why do you persecute us? Why do you torture me before the appointed time? So Paul again, Thessalonians 2 and 9, I believe. That day, that day shall not come except there be a falling away first and the man of sin, the son of perdition be revealed. Jesus and Muhammad and the prophets, but these two major prophets before the advent of Messiah, they had to contend with Satan, but they did not have the reality of God and Satan mm. that was left for a man that comes under the name Jesus with the title Messiah the title um, Christ the title Mahdi bear with me oh Jesus planted the seed of the kingdom. But somebody would come at the end of Satan's world to not only water it, but to make the kingdom of God manifest on earth. So don't look for the kingdom to come down from the sky. Jesus planted the seed, the minister said, or the idea quote, the thought of the kingdom. 
He was 2,000 years too soon in that Satan had 2,000 more years to continue his rule over the people of the earth. So darkness prevailed over the Jesus of 2,000 years ago, over the disciples of 2,000 years ago, and the work of those men 2,000 years ago. So Satan's power has dominated the church. Yes, it has. Dominated the mosque. Dominated the temple. Dominated the synagogue. He tells God in the Quran that he's going to come in the straight path of God. That's coming right in his revealed word, right in religion. Mm. I think I should settle a little bit. Look at this. Look at this. Boy, we have a wonderful teacher. Look at this. Look at this. Paul said, is Christ divided? Christ isn't, but the church is. Is Muhammad Muslims divided? Muhammad is not divided, but why is the Muslim world divided? Why are Christians fighting Christians? Why are we shedding each other's blood with the name Christ, the name Muhammad? And we are shedding the blood of our own brother and sister in faith. Can we claim those men with our actions? Can we claim to be of Christ and of Muhammad with what we are doing that is totally opposite of what these men represent? Talk to me. Satan is in the church. He's in the mosque. Satan is in the synagogue because the Muslims are divided. The Jews are divided. The Christians are divided. So Satan has prevailed. In the Quran, may I have a little water? Thank you. We're almost finished. We're almost finished. One of the clearest and most beautiful ideas, the minister said, that the Holy Quran gives you and me of the man 2,000 years ago is in these words. It's in the 23rd chapter, the 50th verse. Jesus and his mother were a sign. And we gave them refuge on a lofty ground having meadows and spring. We made the son of Mary and his mother a sign. In another place, a sign unto the nations. All the religious scholars agree that 6,000 year years pardon me, is the term given to Satan to rule. So the first 2,000 years, you have a prophet, a major prophet called Moses. 2,000 years later, you have a major prophet after Moses, 
though he only taught in Palestine. That's Jesus. Now the Quran, which was revealed seven centuries after Jesus, speaks of Jesus and says Jesus and his mother were a sign. How many of us have taken a road trip? Do you take a road trip without reading the signs? And when you see the sign, do you stop at the sign and say, I have arrived at Los Angeles? The sign is pointing to or towards where you have to go. So if Jesus and his mother were a sign, who and what were they a sign of? So we're now at the time of the expected one. Who's coming? Who is coming that Jesus was a sign of? Y'all all right? Yes, so if we've been traveling from 2,000 years ago, the prophecies say God is coming. It's a prophecy. It's a sign. You're not stopping there. Jesus or the Messiah, which is written of from the Christians, the, the Jews, as well as the Muslims, are all pointing to a man that comes at an appointed time in the world. So as generations have come and gone, yet the scriptures keep pointing us as we're going down the road from 2,000 years ago to 1,400 years ago from Prophet Muhammad, but it's still... We're going down because they're speaking of one. Prophet Muhammad said the light would shine, arise, pardon me, from the west. It's talking about God's presence. We're going to bring this to a close. Who are you coming for, God? I'm coming for a people. I'm coming for a foolish people. I'm coming for a people who have been despised and rejected. I'm coming for a people that the builders of this world have rejected. I'm coming for a very special and particular people. So he comes out of hiding because he has a purpose. Habakkuk saw him coming forth for the salvation of his people. But it's a man. It's a man that's coming. God came from T-Man and the Holy One from Mount Paran. The prophets are not talking about a ghost or a spirit coming. They're talking about a human being who is God. He's going to come. He's going to choose the last. He's going to take the bottom rail. He's going to bring it to the top. He would take a foolish people and they would become the people of God. He's going to take a people who were allowed by God to be enslaved for 400 years. But the scripture says, after that time, I 
will come. I'm going to judge the nation which they shall serve. I'm going to deliver them. They're going to go back to their fathers in peace and with great substance. What is the substance that the God gives to this people? It is a wisdom and a knowledge and a truth under that name Jesus. Because the whole world is in need of salvation. The whole world is in need of resurrection. But God begins his work with those most in need of resurrection. And that's the black man and woman of America. Minister said, well, wait a minute. Does this mean that God only has one people? No. Stop it. The God you read about in the Bible is a national God. The God of Israel. But the God that the Holy Quran speaks about, he's Rabil al-Amin. Mm. Rabil al-Amin. Lord of all the worlds. So even though God may choose a specific people at a specific time, the purpose of his choosing anybody is not for the individual. It's for those who would benefit from him. Either a people or the totality of humanity. So when Jesus comes, he may come from a people to a people, but his mission is to the whole of humanity. Now that may mess some of us up, but there's 7.5 billion people on the planet. So to think that God is exclusive and he's Lord of all the world, and there is a cry for justice from all the people of the planet. The people's cry is the same in Africa as it is in Asia, as it is in the Isles of the Pacific, as it is in Australia and New Zealand, as it is in Central and South America, the Caribbean, Europe, North America, the whole world is crying for justice. But Isaiah sees God coming and he was appalled because there was no justice, but he's coming for the salvation of a people. Because you need people to do a work. You need people to transform people. So the scripture says, I will send saviors after them. Mm. That's how special the black man of America is with God. When he chooses a people, he chooses them for a purpose. He chooses them for a job. He chooses them to do an extraordinary work in his name doesn't choose you so you can lie on raised couches and pluck some grapes from a vine and be lazy and say, ah, 
I have arrived. He chooses you and lays upon that people a work and a responsibility that is to be done in his name. I know that the hour is upon us. Wow. In the book of Matthew, we lifted it last week. 24th chapter, as lightning shines from the east unto the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. God is coming. He's coming out of the east. What are you coming for? He said, wherever, whatsoever the eagles, wheresoever the eagles are gathered together, there shall the carcass be. The carcass, as you know, is the dead body of an animal or the dead body of a human being or the body of a slaughtered animal at the removal of the offal. A carcass is anything from which life and power have gone away. What are you coming for, son of man? I'm coming for a carcass. I'm coming for a people. I'm coming to a people whom the spirit of life and power are no longer seen in them. I'm coming to a people who've been 400 years under the clutch in the hand of a strange people who have been afflicted for 400 years. There in a nation that I'm going to judge, it just so happens they're in a nation that's the most powerful nation on the earth that all the nations of the earth bow down to, make reverence to. And that's the United States of America. But the one who comes, the minister said, quote, from the east unto the west, he's coming to do a specific work. And that work will bear witness to his presence in the world. Who is he that comes? His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Jesus won. God. In person. Jesus won under the name five entities. You have the prophet Jesus. Now you have Jesus. Not that slide yet. Jesus, the coming of God under the name. Follow me. Follow us. So you've got Jesus coming and he comes to a people who are dead. And he raises one from the dead and he becomes a son of man. Now you've got the third man or the third entity that's under the same name, Jesus. God is salvation. There's a son of man in the book of Ezekiel that's mentioned. I won't have a, a lot of time. And he sat in that valley of dry bones. And he is told by the God to prophesy unto those bones. And the bones heard the word of the Lord. They, they rattled. But they did not have any life in them. And that valley of bones were many bones, dry bones, and these were the slain of God. 
So here you have son of man coming from the east to the west, the picture of a caucus huh? in the gospel according to Matthew, but you tie it to the dead bones in the valley, son of man prophesying unto the bones. And the Lord God asked the son of man, can these bones live? That's the way the world looks at black people. They don't understand what we have suffered. They don't understand what we have been through. So everybody that comes to us, comes in our community, what the hell happened to these folk? We're destroyed. We walk like zombies. Huh? No life in us. No spirit in us. Every great leader that has come among us, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said, has talked to us and we shake. When Garvey was among us, he spoke to us. We shook and the enemy was afraid because he said, if the bones come together, they may remember what we did to them. So they never want to see us unite. Garvey came, Du Bois came, Nat Turner came, Denmark Vesey, Sojourner Truth, Harriet Tubman, all of them fought for you and me. And the sad thing is we betrayed them all. Cowardly, gutless people that when somebody comes with strength, the minister said, quote, instead of us standing up, recognizing that strength and drawing strength from that strength, we become afraid of them, afraid of the white man because he will punish us for listening to a strong black leader that they don't control. Not anymore. That's why this generation uses the term woke. Woke. What, what are you saying? Woke. It means now that generation has been awakened and black people are no longer the slaves of white people anymore. There is a great falling away from Satan. So let's bring this. I'm trying, okay? So here is a son of man. <clears throat> Here's another entity, another man under the name Jesus. <clears throat> He's the first begotten of the dead. And this third Jesus, the minister said, was on the cross. <clears throat> Who's that Jesus? I'm not in the order. I'm kind of uh, rushing this. But I should say it like this. One of the entities under which the name Jesus is us. 
black people. Look at that. Look at what has happened to you and I since our fathers were brought to America to be made slaves. Look at this, look at this. Were we not stripped of our original garments? We don't wear those garments anymore. Jesus was what? Stripped. He was hung on a cross. What a teacher we have. These are his words. He had a crown of thorns on his head. See, it's talking about an individual and a people. An individual that is crucified for you. And there hasn't been one black leader that has come among you that the government and the rulers of this country have not crucified. And do you know what crucifixion was in the Roman Empire? It was a means of punishment of those guilty of treason or guilty of going against the state. So when they put you up on a cross and nail you, you hang there for hours, defecating and urinating on yourself. And those that hate you for your treason, they come by and they spit on you. They throw stones at you. And finally, after hours of being before the people naked and wounded, you die. So there hasn't been one black leader that came to you and me that the government of the United States didn't put on the cross. What do you mean, nail your hands? Look at your hands. Look at them. You say, I ain't got no nail in mine. Check them again. What have your hands done to free you? What have your hands done to build a future for yourself? Talk, talk back. You've been to school, you've got diplomas and degrees, but your hands are nailed in America. You can't do anything to lift yourself out of the condition that white America has put you in. Your hands are nailed, you can't make progress, we can't be productive as a people. What about your feet? Jesus, your feet are nailed. So when you're in the lodge, you call yourself a traveling man. But if your feet are nailed, you can't go no place. Where are you left? Where I le oh, you can't go no place, pardon me, where I left you. I came back and found you. That's the way we are as a people. Black man and woman, your feet are nailed. And some of us that grow up right here in Chicago, in the ghetto, on the south side or west side of Chicago, we live in America and you haven't seen anything. Some of you have never been out of the country. What's the matter with you? Nailed. Pardon me. And whatever position the white man puts you in, he comes back and finds you in the same position. Huh? We haven't moved anywhere. So we got black people in government, but you haven't moved. You've got black people in positions of power, but as a people, we have not moved. Excuse the expression. You were a nigger yesterday, you're a nigger today in the eyes of white America. 
What is it that's on your head? What is it that is on your head? You're a natural king. In your heart, you know it. And that's why when you dream, you dream about yourself as this and that. And that's why when you wake up sometimes, you tell people you're a God. I'm a prophet of God. Yes, I saw. I talked to the Lord last night. You're dreaming, the minister said, because in your heart, you are the descendants of God. And you don't deserve to be in the condition that you're in, but you're nailed. You're nailed and a crown is on your head, but it's a crown of thorns. White folks told you, if you go to school and get an education, you'll be better off. You've got a Ph degree. degree. You're in corporate America, but you're still a nigger. You can be a reverend, you can be a bishop, but you had to go to Alabama and kneel down before the white man so that you could sit in a nasty restaurant and be buried in a grave with your tormentor. Look at us. So your education has been a crown of thorn. Jesus, the people nailed to the cross. Are we not evil spoken of? Are we not ridiculed? Are we not mocked? Making fun of? Talk to me. Are we not in prison? Who's filling up the jails and the prisons? It's black people. Who's being persecuted? Black people. Who's being denied justice? Black people. You are Jesus. Nailed to a cross. told you if you registered to vote, you would be free. Yeah, right. So we registered, and they found a way to rob you of the vote, and they're working right now all across the country because they're so upset that the black vote put the new president and vice president in office. Political power, but not the power needed to take us off the cross. Minister said, you're on Calvary right now. And it's only you that say, Eli, Eli, Lama Sabatani. My God, why have you forsaken us? This is real. We praise God more than any other people on the planet. We cry out for justice. It appears that heaven is silent to our cry. We've suffered the loss of life. We've given of our sweat, our tears, and our blood to build this nation only to be rejected. We dance up and down the aisle in the church. We get the Holy Spirit. 
Nobody praises his name better than black folk. Nobody praises his name like black folk. This is real. It's real talk. And we are on a cross. Lord, why have you forsaken me? But when Jesus uttered those words, one of the soldiers said, he calls for Elijah. Maybe Elijah will take him down. So the Bible closes. We're finished. We're finished. The book of Malachi, which means my messenger. Behold, before the great and dreadful day of the Lord, I will send you Elijah. And he will turn the hearts of the children to the father and the hearts of the fathers to the children. Huh? God sent us Elijah to take us off of the cross, take the nails out of our hands and our feet, take from our heads a crown of thorns. He comes under the name Jesus. God is salvation. Mm. My God. So my dear and beloved brothers, sisters, listeners, the enemy knows your future. He knows you have a great future. They decided to destroy you and us and our beloved minister. So now death is working overtime against the black man and woman of America because their time is short. They know that their world is ending. So they're working overtime on blacks here in America, the Caribbean, in Africa. Look at the funeral parlors. They're filling up because of our ignorance of self. Our hatred for self. They're putting guns in our hands. And we don't manufacture the guns. But we don't have these guns to use it against the oppressor. And the Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us as Muslims, if we are a Muslim follower of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, we are forbidden to carry a gun, have any weapon in our possession, not even as small as a penknife. We put our trust where trust is to be placed, and our trust is in Allah, who came in the person of Master Far Muhammad. So when the enemy knew that Jesus was to come and in their world plots and plans for the destruction of that man began, 
The plot is always to kill the one that comes to end Satan's world. And since you are a people God has chosen, not because of your righteousness, but he chose you out of the furnace of affliction. But he promises that he will purify us and wash us and clean us. Huh? Though your sins may be as scarlet, he will wash them white as snow. Why? Why? Because you, like Jesus, have a universal mission. You're a people that in spite of what you and I have suffered in our ancestors, you have love in your hearts. You cry when you see the picture of any human being that dies or is afflicted. We cry when we see the picture of the Jewish Holocaust. We cry, we cry when we see the slaughter of human beings. That is a heart that God has been shaping and forming out of the furnace of affliction so that we can be Jesus. Carrying a message of truth to the ends of the earth. So Jesus made Jesus that made Jesus that made Jesus. It's all God's salvation. Huh? So, oops, so this Jesus one, that's the prophet, Jesus of 2,000 years ago. Jesus two, that's God in person. Jesus three, the son of man raised from among us. That's Elijah Muhammad. There is no denying. That man was made a whole new man after he met the Savior, God in person, Master Far Muhammad. He's made a son of a man, a son of a God. And the law of nature is everything reproduces after itself. So you know God by what God does. So if God did it for one, he does it for another. If God does it for one, he does it for all. So Jesus, who prophesied of the coming of God, comes under the name Jesus, who produces a Jesus who reproduces a Jesus from Jesus the people. You say, but that sounds confusing. There are five different Jesuses. No, the name, the meaning. God is salvation. The Messiah. Mm. Got to close with the Messiah. Elijah Muhammad made a Jesus. In the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Yes, he did. Come on. Just give, give me five minutes. I know this is a little long. 
Come on. You cannot deny that when you hear your brother speaks, speak, your eyes are open. You cannot deny that what you read in the Gospels of Jesus, you see in the Gospel that Jesus had a controversy with the Jews. You see your brother Farrakhan, huh? the Jews attacking him, or I should say members of the Jewish community who are not Jews. That's why we can't even represent it like that because the scriptures is clear. Those who say they are Jews but are not but are of the synagogue of Satan. You read about Jesus speaking to the multitudes and you not come out were you not one of two million men in 1995? That's, that's a multitude. Did we not come back again and again and again? Four times? Hundreds of thousands? That's just in what we call the live audience. But Jesus is speaking to the multitude. He's speaking to the whole of humanity mm. come on let's let's reason when he Jesus the prophet comes the spirit of truth he's gonna bring you into all truth come on from the Quran we're closing Pray that Allah is pleased. This Messiah, mm, one that is anointed with wisdom, knowledge, understanding. He's taught by God of the Torah, the gospel, the book, the wisdom. Well, the gospel already came with Jesus. So the Messiah is taught of the gospel that is found in the four gospels according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that's called the New Testament. But that has been tampered with as with all of what is in the Bible. The enemy has tampered with the word of God and has altered the word out of its place. And this is the reason why in the Quran, Allah visits them with a pestilence from heaven. For changing the word of God. Now a man that does that is attempting to deceive the people. Because if you have the pure word of God, then you can't be deceived. He can only deceive you by giving the word of God his own interpretation 
and omitting things out, substituting it by putting something in, altering the word out of its place. The Messiah heals the blind, heals the deaf. He raises the dead to life by Allah's permission. He teaches the people what foods to eat and what foods to stay from. He's telling us to stay from the experimental vaccine. Huh? The Messiah is in the world as a great light that shines in the darkness. The Messiah is present to save us that all who believe in him shall not perish. He's set among the people by the God as a door, as the way, as the life, as the truth, as the resurrection. And whoever believeth in him shall not perish but will have everlasting life. That's not what all the Messiah in the Quran is said of. He speaks to the people from the cradle and into old age. Huh? I would imagine we would consider old age when you get into your 70s which is not old age in comparison to how long we used to live before the fall of Adam. But 70s, 80s, 90s, would you say that's considered old age? How long we've been listening to Minister Louis Farrakhan? Decades. This would be his 66th year of preaching the teeth, the truth, and representing the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and what God revealed to that man. He will be 88 years old. Notice I said, will be. Well, uh, anything can happen. That's true. But, 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 uh, this extraordinary man is promised long life. So he's been speaking to us since his 20s. He's now, inshallah, going to be 88 years old. Does, does that kind of fit the description of the Messiah who would be speaking to the people from the cradle and into old age? You can't deny that you have never heard a black man Talk like Farrakhan. Walk like Farrakhan. He's a free black man. He goes where he pleases. 
The white man said he gave us our freedom. He exercises that freedom. We respect those in authority over us except that it conflict with our religion. Brother Farrakhan, brothers and sisters, has fulfilled the book. His father, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, has fulfilled what is written. And as a people, we fit the biblical description of the lost sheep. Lazarus, a foolish people, despised, rejected, blind, deaf, dumb, and the dead. But we are awakening now. We're woke. We're woke people. I like that. Stay woke. Because the enemy is trying. To put us to sleep. If you have been awakened by means of truth, it is only by feeding on that truth that you and I can stay awake as the evil of intense darkness is overspreading. So we thank you for tuning in. We hope that you got something out of this message of the extraordinary man, Jesus and that you were inspired and that you were able to see from this teaching hope. Hope for yourself, hope for your family, hope for our community, hope for the future, because the future is so bright. Thank you, Allah, for giving us the prophet Jesus. Thank you, O Allah, for preserving his name for 2,000 years, that his name would be glorified and praised throughout all of these centuries. Thank you, Allah, for Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. Muhammad means one who is worthy of praise and is praised much. Thank you for these two servants, all of your servants, but these two in particular. Because these two servants that you gave us prefigured the Mahdi and the Messiah that you have raised today. Thank you, O Allah, for the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Thank you for raising him from the dead. Thank you for the honorable minister, Louis Farrakhan. Thank you, O oh Allah, for your presence. And now it's time for us to get off the cross and make some real steps into the future and to fulfill the greatness of what Allah has in store for us in service to humanity. Thank you for listening as I greet you in peace. Assalamu alaikum. All praise is due to Allah. We thank Allah for our brother, student minister. Ishmael Muhammad. Brothers and sisters, be seated for just a moment. We have a few announcements. First, if you believe that what you heard today is the truth and that it is good for our people, we would love to have you join your nation of Islam, accept your own and be yourself. 
You can do this by going to noi.org forward slash join, completing the form, and one of our representatives will be in touch with you in the very near future. In Islam, Christianity, and all of the major world religions, we have a principle called charity or what we call in Islam, zakat. And in the Holy Quran, it says in chapter 2, verse 254, O you who believe, spend out of what we have given you. So we ask that if you have something that you can contribute to the cause of freedom, justice, and equality, and to the work of the Nation of Islam and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, you can go to noi.org forward slash donate and give whatever you are able to give. We also want you to visit us online at store.finalcall.com. There you can find a host of materials from books by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, books by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, and so much more. Visit us online and secure a purchase today. We also want you to make sure that you have the greatest newspaper on earth, the Final Call News. You can get the hard copy edition from the brothers in the community and out in the street, but you can also get a digital version by going to finalcalldigital.com and getting your subscription today. We also want you to visit us at finalcall.com. On the top part of the page, you'll see a button that says Final Call Radio. You can click that button 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and get powerful excerpts of lectures by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, our Friday Jumu'ah prayer service with student Imam Sultan Rahman, and of course our weekly Sunday mosque meetings here at Mosque Maryam. But also with the Final Call Radio, we are so pleased to announce that we are celebrating this weekend our one-year anniversary of the magnificent Final Call Radio. It has been one year. We have reached over 100 countries, and there have been over a million listeners in just the span of one year. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, when addressing this anniversary this past weekend, he said that the Final Call Radio is the sweetest sound this side of heaven. So we ask that if you would like to support this beautiful radio program, that you go to radiothon.finalcall.com and give whatever you are able to give. We also now have our delicious Supreme Bean Pie available for nationwide delivery. You can get this delicious treat sent directly to your doorstep by going to the supremebeanpie.com. And last but not least, brothers and sisters, we want you to come right back here to NOI.org on Wednesdays and Fridays at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. On Wednesdays, we go over the time and what must be done. And on Fridays, we study self-improvement, the basis for community development. And as always, each and every Sunday at 10 a.m., tune in right here to NOI.org to hear one of the powerful student ministers of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam. With that being said, brothers and sisters, please stand so that we can close today's program with the word of prayer. In the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful, all praise is due to Allah, the Lord of the worlds, the Beneficent, the Merciful, Master of the day of judgment in which we now live. Thee alone do we worship and thine aid do we seek. O Allah, guide us on the right path, the path of those upon whom thou hast bestowed thy favors, and not the path of those whom thy wrath is brought down, nor of those who go astray after they have heard thy teaching. Amin. Assalamu alaikum. One second, brothers and sisters. That's it. Assalamu alaikum, family. Greetings. Dear listeners, we have been blessed by Almighty God, Allah, 
over the 90 years of our work in the nation of Islam and lifting our people up from the miserable condition in which we find ourselves. We ask your support of our effort and we hope that you will be generous and make a contribution to the work of the Nation of Islam and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan by clicking the button below or go to noi.org forward slash donate. We thank you in advance for your support. May Allah God continue to bless you and your families. Assalamu alaikum. Now you can get the same uncompromising truth you've come to expect from the Final Call newspaper on all your connected devices. Subscribe to the Final Call Digital Edition today. Go to subscribe.finalcalldigital.com.